Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is a podcast from The Bugle. In a dark, dark town, there was a dark, dark street. And in the dark, dark street, there was a dark, dark house. In the dark, dark house, there were some dark, dark stairs. And down the dark, dark stairs was a podcast. Neither light nor dark, because the ocular nerve has nothing to do with audio content. This is The Gargle, the glossy magazine for the Bugles, audio newspaper for a visual world. Welcome to the show this week. Your guests are Eleanor Morton. Hello. And uh, John Luke Roberts returning. Hello. Hello. How are you both? Well, I can't speak for Eleanor, but I'm fine. (laughs) I'm good, but John Luke is terrible. Uh, do you mean morally or <laughs> yeah why not why not why not why not, yeah. why not? let's throw that into the mix early on in the magazine <laughs> first we should look at the front page the front page this week is a picture of jennifer lopez and ben affleck from when they used to date and a new picture of them dating now the headline reads j-lo and ben affleck back together again or a dangerous rupture in time space continuum our quote marks scientists speculate and the satirical cartoon this week is jeff bezos with a big space rocket strapped to a super yacht strapped to his groin like a codpiece standing off against his ex-wife mackenzie scott who has a bigger codpiece with uh, a little script written on it that says donating 2.75 billion dollars to charity the speech bubble from Jeff Bezos says it's not a competition. Let's get into the magazine. Section one this week, Silicon Valley. Uh, this is our latest in Silicon Valley news, uh, which is there was a party in, in Miami to glorify Bitcoin. Eleanor Morton, you look like a, a Bitcoin enthusiast. Can you unpack this story for us a little? I was about to say I have tried to research Bitcoin and, new, and all of the crypto the cryptos on numerous occasions. And I still don't really understand anything about how it works or um, or the, the any anything. Are they real? Can you touch them? Do they, or are they all on a, on a down, do you download? Well, the point is what happened was um, <laughs> uh, there was a conference a, a, or a con, a convention for Bitcoin in Miami. 
which seems like a dangerous place to put a load of people who are very into cryptocurrency far too hot um but uh and they all have a lovely time i don't know what you do at a, a bit a bitcoin uh conference i don't know if there's like people dressed up as like sexy bitcoins or well so, so they they congregated together without any masks is the thing they came to this massive convention yeah. a whole bunch of them ended up catching covid but it's funny uh, to me that that a group of people who can believe in imaginary money based in the blockchain refuse to believe in a very real virus it feels that if you have the ability to get your head around the complexities of the blockchain you should be able to to get your head around the complexities of viral infection but apparently not if you use uh invisible money you should use you should be aware of the idea of invisible germs but i guess i guess it all depends on John, Luke, you look more like you know about Bitcoin, do you? Oh, I no, I, I know nothing about that. <laughs> no, I, I thought that until recently, I thought cryptocurrency was an Irish rich vampire. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, yeah, 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 there you go. Uh, you, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go, there you go. No, I'm quite into cryptid currency, which is the coins Bigfoot uses. Uh, <laughs> the thing about this I don't think is fair is if your thing is liking fake money, imaginary virtual money, virtual money, then why do you have to meet up in real life? That's our thing. Why can't you meet up online and not spread these things around? I mean, that doesn't that stand to... The people who like real money should meet in real places. Although I, I understand as I'm saying this, the idea of real money doesn't really hold water because <laughs> real money is just a promise for some gold which no longer exists. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, so like the idea of Bitcoin is a lovely idea, but at the moment, uh, in the absence of some sort of regulatory regime, the whole point of Bitcoin is to sort of avoid uh, things like taxes. But in the absence of regulatory regimes, it's difficult to convert Bitcoin into goods and services. So at the moment, it is just money cosplay, mm. very well, expensive mean, money cosplay. Aren't the coins? Aren't the coins huge in terms of worth? So. What I'm picturing is a is a huge giant coin like you get in a video game. But I guess how, like would you pay for your shopping with like zero point zero 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 one percent of a bitcoin or something? Yeah, that yeah, like a pizza slice. You take a yeah. slice out of the coin to pay for Lovely. a virtual pizza pizza slice. <laughs> I guess then at you least divide it... the bitcoin and see if it bends. <laughs> I guess at least uh, bitcoin is more hygienic because real money is disgusting and physically gross. I don't want to think about what's on it. No, just lick it clean like a cat before you hand it over. Do you do that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With my scrapey tongue. <laughs> At least the thing about Bitcoin is that uh, while it is very energy intensive to produce, there's meant to be a cap on the number of absolute Bitcoins that will ever be able to exist. Okay. Uh, unlike uh, some of these other cryptocurrencies, including Dogecoin, uh, the coin based on the Shiba Inu Japanese dog, which is currently the center of a scandal. Justin Trudeau's half-brother has decided that he is creating a fake event at which he will be giving away fake money to make a real party. Sorry, uh, you didn't finish the thought. You said Justin uh, Trudeau's half-brother. What, what's the other half? <laughs> Justin Trudeau's half-brother, half-fish or half-horse? Or... Given the criticism that he's levelled at Justin Trudeau in the past, it's probably half-brother, half-enemy. But uh, <laughs> he loves cryptocurrency. He's not a big fan of his own brother. And he's decided that this joke cryptocurrency, uh, which people love a joke, they love a joke so much that it is now the sixth most highly valued digital asset by market cap. Uh, and Elon Musk keeps talking about it, so people do keep buying it because 
That's the way the world works now. But he's, he's launched this event called the Million Doge Disco, where he'll uh, dish out augmented reality disco doge NFTs. And that's like a Mad Lib, but a Mad Lib where none of the words make sense. <laughs> I don't understand. I can't even visualize half of the concepts that we're talking about right now. Because well, the you... coins are... Expl- <laughs> they're, they're not being given out physically, are they? Oh, no. I know. No, absolutely not. But he's, he's explained it. If you, if For those people who are confused, he's explained it with a series of other words, saying our <laughs> ultimate dream is to create a Doge-fueled party metaverse, a new party layer that will sit atop reality, <laughs> allowing anyone anywhere to instantly step into a parallel dimension, alive with sound, light, and positive vibes, which I think is called turning on the radio, but I'm not 100% sure. Are we just going to have to wait for him to release some other words to explain those words? Is this just going on and on and on in in never-ending? Yes, he's creating a virtual reality made out of words that only make sense to Footnotes on footnotes on footnotes on footnotes. Yeah, it's basically the same as if if you built a clubhouse in a treehouse and said uh, no girls allowed without the password, and the password are all of these words. (laughs) I quite like Dogecoin. I like the idea of making something as a joke and then suddenly finding uh, it's worth huge amounts of money. I would love that in my personal life. Um, I just I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why it happened to the Dogecoin people and not to me yet. Well, I mean, what would you uh, put on a John Luke Roberts Bitcoin? What would be um, the picture? I, you know what? I'd call it Bitcoin, but with two T's. So there's enough confusion that people might invest heavily in my coin. Is that allowed? <laughs> Can I do that? I think uh, there's no rules, right? None of no, ah, that, no, it's all. I, I did. I listened. I've listened to. I've listened to so many documentaries about Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, and I don't really understand one. But there was one very entertaining one where the whole idea was the privacy of the thing, and so they had a ceremony where they wore wizard hats and got in a hotel with loads of different phones. It was great. It was really good. But I forget I mean, the name the- of the currency. Look, I think the problem, my personal problem with Bitcoin, and I've said this before, uh, is that that there are some people who are interested in the blockchain as a concept, you know, this incredible idea of of the blockchain as a decentralized way of regulating uh, money, which hitherto has been controlled by government. So it's the prospect of a potential utopia. Uh, But most people who have bought Bitcoin are not the people who understand Bitcoin. They are people who have bought it because some head on a podcast told them to, and it just they're just carpetbag scam meisters they just wanted a shortcut to wealth they're the kind of people who would buy erectile dysfunction pills off an email and in this instance it happened to work and now they think they're smart and that (laughs) is do those pills not work (laughs) they work if anything too well it's been four months now and it's not gone down Uh, they're on the tube. On the tube, there are posters saying, "If you're reading about Bitcoin on the tube, now's the time to buy." And I it's just no, it isn't. Two years ago is the time to buy. If you're reading about it on the tube, sell now, please sell. <laughs> and I know nothing. <laughs> it's like the housing market. The best time to buy a house was the seventies, and the best time to buy Bitcoin was the seventies when it was not a thing. And then. It's not a thing now. Speaking of pie-in-the-sky dreams, there is currently a car company that is hoping to take to the skies uh, to create flying Ubers. Eleanor Morton, uh, you you know all about Uber. (laughs) Tell us about this story. (laughs) I um, I feel like... Everything we're talking about is is stuff that if you told me we were going to talk about this five years ago, I'd have been like... That sounds like an insane, weird future. But uh, yeah, they're trying to do uh, 
flying Ubers. First of all, I don't understand the difference between a car and a pl- and a small plane, a flying car and a small plane. What what would the difference be? It, did, uh, is it that they have number plates and cup holders, or what's? I don't know. Uh, I don't know enough about the technology. But they want to make. They say they want to make them. I, f- I feel like it's one of those things that everyone keeps talking about happening, but it, it's not going to happen. Like hoverboards, hoverboards never really happened. We have like those wheel things that you can stand on, but they're not hoverboards. So it is pie in the sky, but it's a car in the sky, and it's it's a a car that will charge you and then not bring you to your destination. I think the thing about it is that it is a, it is a small plane, but they're just calling it a flying car, so it sounds cooler, and so that they don't have yeah. to undergo stringent plane regulations which i imagine exist i don't again i don't know i'd imagined a kind of large drone rather than a plane so i should have looked at the pictures i think you know so it can take off vertically it's like a manned drone the difference between a drone and a plane being whether there's a man in it well no you've got those little you've got those helicopters you know they go i mean specifically the drones that you get an eight-year-old for christmas and then they fly around the room a bit and then stop those drones you know little plastic drones but but big a helicopter a helicopter yeah i mean mean? a helicopter that's what he means a helicopter helicopter. that's what i'm talking about helicopter it's like it's like a plane (laughs) but less so it's like a car but more so and it's not a helicopter at all you should go into copywriting that is absolutely wonderful I'm sold. The thing I don't understand, they talk about this as, as, a, 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 as to ease congestion, but it seems to me the last thing you want is to add another axis into what these vehicles are able to do without regulation, without being able to tell them where... The, how many crashes will there be if things... Are, and how much more traffic will there be when you go, great, we can do it in the sky as well? My grandmother always said these new technologies always promising to ease congestion, but what you really want is a bit of lemon and honey in hot water. Then... Uh... <laughs> That's Uber Eats. <laughs> when you wa- when you watch futuristic films like The Fifth Element and stuff like Futurama, and they've got traffic flying cars, and the cars they're always in very straight traffic lines in the sky, and there's always traffic in the light. There's always congestion in those, so you know it doesn't make it look better. But I don't understand how how do they know to stay in a straight line because there's nothing there. It's air. How do they? It's a 3D. In Back to the Future 2, I think there's little floating markers between okay, the thing. Okay, that makes but sense. But I, I can't speak to the other films. But Back to the Future, the whole, the whole franchise, they thought everything through except for the plot. But it was fun anyway, so good. Are these going to be driverless flying Ubers? Because I can't think of anything more terrifying. <laughs> because they already, did, they already did driverless Ubers and that, was, that didn't work, I don't think. Well, people have died. If someone's died, it doesn't work. I right? think yet, yet. How old fashioned? Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I mean, car, but cars are... if, if If Dr. Frankenstein had come in with that attitude... Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> He'd never have had the cautionary tale about trying to play God. Try, try and try again. I can't think of any good size to a flying car because, you know, the whole point of a flying car is it sounds fun and exciting and freeing, but the second you get a flying car, there's going to be traffic and regulations and all the stuff that was on the ground. So yeah. there's no upside. Well, if there's an upside and there's a downside and there's a long through the air and that, yeah. Doctor Frankenstein definitely was the was the exemplar of the motto: try and try again, and if at first you don't succeed, it'll come and kill you because you're not its real dad. Cautionary tale for the ages. Yeah, I think it's the Frankenstein of inventions, and I don't want to go near one. But that's just that's just me. I'm not very 
Alice, you seem like you're quite tech forward. Is that fair? Only because I live in Australia. I am I'm about nine hours tech forward <laughs> yeah. of where you are. <laughs> that's just the time I think difference. I just meant that you sounded like you understood cryptocurrency more than me. Only because I'm constantly forced to make jokes about it. Can I also, like, I, I don't mean to be rude, Eleanor, but being, knowing, understand more than you about cryptocurrency, it doesn't necessarily mean that Alice is tech forward. <laughs> so much as just tech there, just tech in the middle, tech where we are. Tech fine. Yeah. How long is a piece of string and how much can you sell it for as an NFT? Six inches and £100,000. Oh, sorry, it wasn't a real question. <laughs> your ad section now because you can't be what you can't buy. Are you tempted to chip in about something online? Are you angry and lonely and desperately needing to express that by attacking someone who you think is stupid or insensitive or too sensitive or too fat or not fat enough? Try Internot, the best friend you wish you had but wouldn't have time for anymore because you're too busy sharing memes. Basically, a Roomba with a dictaphone on it, the Internot simultaneously cuts off your Wi-Fi connection using decommissioned Russian military software while playing a highlights reel of everything embarrassing you've ever said in public. You'll be so busy chasing it around the room before anyone else can hear your shame to remember who you were going to call a c let alone why. Internot. Shame is the guardian of society. <laughs> and this episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Instant Omelette. They say you can't make an omelette without breaking any eggs. They're wrong! The instant omelette will teleport your eggs straight from the shell to the pan with no pesky shell fragments, only half the radiation of 50 x-rays and less than a 60% chance of creating a sentient egg monster compelled to destroy. Instant omelette. Almost instant, not that dangerous most of the time. <laughs> and are you worried about re-entering the world after too long in lockdown? Well, worry no longer with Edward. Edward is a genetically engineered stink monster with no social skills who's guaranteed to be worse than you at any social occasion, thus deflecting attention away from your mild awkwardness to his nightmare of a life. <laughs> Edward, his life is awful so yours doesn't have to be. Terms and conditions apply. Yes, this does make you a bad person. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Now it's time for section two of this magazine, Sky Shame. <laughs> a sky-written marriage proposal has included a stinger at the end. John Luke Roberts, you've got a spouse. Tell us about this skywriting story. Well, yeah, so this guy paid to skywrite a proposal, um, 
which means getting a plane to fly and leave a, a chemtrail behind it with obviously the drugs in which alter people and make them more susceptible to government interference, but also and a message. romance. And romance. Uh, so he proposed. Then there are a series of further messages after that because he paid for 10. I think they did a kind of 10, 10 messages for a certain amount of money deal. And so the second one was, she said yes. And actually, already I think that's not on. I think if you're going to propose through skywriting, you should then have to wait for your uh, prospective fiancé to to hire their own plane and skywrite their response. So, you know, you have to sweat a bit while you're waiting for the yes or maybe no. But then I think the yes, sixth... Yes, th- let the punishment fit the crime, let the consent fit the request. Exactly, uh, yes. Yeah, exactly. You, you, of course, you were a lawyer, I forgot. But then... About, I think the sixth or seventh one, he decided to slip in there after the... She said, yes, oh, it's brilliant. Ah, marriage, great. And then he went off topic a bit and one of them just said, um, Joe Rogan is literally five foot three. With literally spelt wrong. With literally uh, literally spelt wrong. But I don't think you can blame the guy for that. I think the plane... It's hard to, for a plane to spell. But, I mean, pilots aren't meant to pass spelling tests, so there must be extra stress there when you're... I don't know how it works. Well, this is the question: is it is it is it the it's the same as all sort of cake spelling situations? Is the problem mm. in the writing down of the message, or is in the problem the transcription That's of the message? That's a good point. We're not sure where the fault lies. Did he literally write down literally wrong? Um, apparently, it was about seventeen grand for, to get this done. So you must really want people to know what Joe Rogan's height is. So this is the question. This is the, the central question. Is the marriage proposal a fake out in order to get to the Joe Rogan insult? Or is the Joe Rogan insult something fun that they say together as a bonding moment in their relationship? Is Did they bond over seeing Joe Rogan and being surprised at his height? Is it true? Who knows how tall Joe Rogan is? We only know how much he talks, which is a lot. Uh, and that has nothing to do with anything. So to me, this is all the whole thing, the whole idea of putting this up is predicated on the idea that this fact about Joe Rogan, his height, that he's smaller than you would maybe expect, predicate the idea that is both of interest and surprising. And I don't think it's of interest, and I don't think it's particularly surprising. It's not like he's... If you said Joe Rogan is 12 foot tall, that would be like, oh my God, that's impressive. Wow, I thank you for telling me this information. So I thought that I would come up with some facts about Joe Rogan that I would find interesting if they were skywritten in a marriage proposal. Fact one, Joe Rogan trained to be a priest but left because Sunday Mass clashed with his five-a-side football tournament. That would be surprising. That would be of interest. That would. Joe Rogan used to write on the Golden Girls. (laughs) Like Sam Harris's mum. Like Sam, well, if you can afford those extra letters, yeah, like Sam Harris's mum. Um, Joe Rogan beat someone up at a swingers party because he thought that that person was stealing his car keys. (laughs) Or um, Joe Rogan is flying this plane. All those things, I think, would be more interesting. I think the sort of the premises, and it's an inherently flawed premise, is that they're trying to body shame Joe Rogan uh, because they feel that that to draw attention to his height uh, would also draw attention to the fact that he is a, a hypocrite because he pushes these quite strict understandings of what masculinity entails, which includes that kind of toxic idea that men should be a certain height, and so that that he's falling short by his own standards uh, in the way that people would uh, insult Donald Trump by calling him fat because he was so image-obsessed. And and then, of course, the problematicness of entering into that arena and throwing the kind of shit that everyone else is throwing and making you sort of a dirty participant. That said, still pretty funny. 
(laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think of the pettiest thing I would write in skywriting, having paid several thousand pounds for it. Um, Candles are too expensive. I mean, that's pretty good. What about, um, Mm. what about you clouds? You can't do this. (laughs) (laughs) I hate skywriting. Write that in skywriting. Self-loathing. This, how am I driving? This pilot sucks. That would be pretty petty. I I don't have my pilot's license. That's always fun. Help, help, I'm trapped in the cracker factory. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I also don't agree with public proposals like that. I think they put a lot of pressure on people. But I guess if the proposal is literally thousands of feet away from you, you don't feel under that much pressure. But then equally, you can't really get away from it because every time you look up, it's still there. Yes, I think you'd have to know your partner particularly well and to know that Mm. that was the kind of thing that they would like, that they were the kind of person who thought would believe in that kind of public display and that you'd already talked about marriage probably uh, and had a positive thing. I I had a friend who was at a restaurant on Valentine's Day once and and saw a man propose to his uh, girlfriend and she said no. Oh, this is that's that's yeah. Because what happens then if they say no? For all the people that weren't those two people, probably the most romantic way to spend Valentine's Day because that's a bonding moment you'll never forget. <laughs> <Well>, trauma bonding, <laughs> I think that's called. Well, uh, just a personal message out there to to Joe Rogan and his small listenership, uh, which is uh, I, Joe Rogan. <laughs> I don't care what height you are. I still think you're fine, but not as great as people think you are. <laughs> Alice, we don't know that his listenership is small just because he is. We don't. It doesn't work that way. That's all the time we have for our uh, section two because now it is time for our reviews. Each of our guest editors this week has brought in something to review out of five stars. Eleanor, what have you brought us? Uh, I bought the colour blue. Oh, hello. So as a concept, it's a great colour for many reasons. Tonally, lovely. Um, goes great with a lot of things. A lot of different people suit it. A lot of the best things are blue, sky, sea, that's it. But, you know, those two are quite big, so that's good. The man group? Yes, blue man group, blue fin tuna, the blues, jazz, music, and uh, very calming, statistically has shown it's very calming colour. Picasso's periods and also periods in advertisements? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Picasso's uh, blue period, which sounds... So you go to the doctor about that but um just really good color really like it always been a fan been there for me throughout my life you know i've always had blue things around me and uh so yeah i just like five definitely five stars five stars for me excellent five stars for blue john luke roberts what have you brought us into to review um the the heart symbol or emoji you know the little sort of two round bits and then a pointy bit at the bottom um been used obviously for a very long time now it doesn't look much like a heart. Obviously, hearts are sort of more um, more like fists, really fists of uh, muscle and 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 tubes. What it does look like, it it looks passably uh, like a a, a bum. Um, at least half of it looks fat. So it's it's got part of the body, but the wrong part. And then uh, it's got this sort of viciously sharp bit, very pointy on the other side, which of course a heart can't have. You can't have a sharp heart. You'd be stabbing yourself all the time when you sat down. So I think their mind wandered halfway through. Um, They started on one side, ended up drawing a bottom. Don't know what they were thinking of. Uh, I think they got into a more lusty mood than uh, they'd been meaning to when they, they started off romantically. So I'd like to give the heart symbol 
one out of five. One out of five. Wow. Or it could be an iconograph, uh, an abbreviation of the saying, the way to a man's heart is through his bottom if you go the long way. <laughs> it could be. Maybe it is. Okay, two out of five. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the time we have for our review section because now it's time for section three, Pride. It is Pride Month this month. And as always, people are doing things that are incredibly embarrassing, including the reappearance of the Pinkertons. If you if you don't remember the Pinkertons from breaking up mining strikes uh, in the 1800s, you might remember them from recently busting unions for Amazon. And it's an amazing thing that a family business has been so successful for so long, despite having uh, bloody hands up to the elbows for generations of like ruining workers' rights on behalf of the wealthy. They have recently drawn attention to themselves by changing their icon to... <laughs> To a rainbow icon, Pinkerton's National Detective Agency, with their with their icon of an eye that stares and says "We never sleep," has now done a rainbow eye, um, and uh, I have a lot of feelings about it. But, uh, John Luke Roberts, <laughs> do, do you want to explain this? Why this might be not the best thing? Well, I, I mean, uh, I, I, the, the corporatization of pride honestly means I'm glad that that it's gone this far like I hope that there'll be some point at which you know that Pinkerton's doing it might just be the thing which breaks the camel's back and uh, but probably not you know like if if um, what's the weapons international conglomerate if they did it or or the the other thing I would say is that Pinkertons have missed the trick by just redesigning the logo by changing the colours and not changing their name to red and yellow and green and blue and Pinkertons um, that would have happened. There's more colours than that in it, though, so I should have. But you get the joke. That's the general idea. That's the. That is the general idea. I mean, it's yeah. sort of it's sort of the epitome of what is being done here. It might be the pinnacle of of pink washing or Pinkerton washing, as it's now going to be renamed, uh, because the Pinkertons have bought that logo and now cl- claim it as their own, um, and are going to destroy both your family and your business if you try to fight them on the copyright. Uh, but it is just an amazing thing. These are people who have, for literally hundreds of years, been known for fighting against the rights of the undertrod in the name of, of capital and, and, and the big bosses. And to, for them to sort of t- take on themselves the mantle of, of an oppressed group in order to sell bullying services. It seems to be bullying services is the main thing that they sell. Uh, it just it does it does sting a little. I think it's nice that they've sort of you know they're saying hey it doesn't matter if you're gay if you're straight if you're trans if you're non-binary, we'll beat you up <laughs> no matter what <laughs> you know. Uh, also, I like I really like that such a dark grim. This isn't just horrible... this isn't a hate crime. It's a crime against humanity. Humanity as a whole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like it's not cause you're gay. It's because we're terrible. Um, <laughs> And I really like that such a horrible group has such a delightful Agatha Christie style name. Uh, doesn't Pinkerton sound like two lady detectives in the thirties uh, who like they set they set up a detective agency because they're both widowed and they, they, one of them's got a pug and they only <laughs> solve crimes that are to do with um, g- uh, garden fates. That's what it sounds like. So it's really it's really funny. It, for it me. speaks so well of their longevity that they've been around since evil was twee. You know, the original Pinkertons yes. had to, you know, put aside time in their day for twirling their mustachios as they tied young women to train tracks and, and look at them still chugging uh, along. I, but I, you know, I would be, I would be um, 
murderous and evil if I never slept, to be honest. Because <laughs> studies have shown that it's really bad for you not to sleep. So no wonder that's such in such a bad mood, you know? It's true. They Ayo. chose the wrong motto. Ayo! <laughs> now time for our superhero sex tip sealed section. Our pull out of the gargle this week in response to assertions that Batman does not eat pussy despite the fact that it is clearly the only reason that his mask is shaped like that is to leave room for optimum head. But in the name of Batman, here is a series of superhero sex tips from your favourite superheroes. Uh, The reason that was given, by the way, for why heroes don't give head is that they have to sell toys to, to children. They have to sell Batman toys, and so heroes can't do things that would make toys unsellable, to which I say that is a stupid argument. Do you have any idea how many Batman sex equipments you could fit on an adults-only utility belt? <laughs> I just don't follow it. But first out of the gate in our sealed section is an announcement that all superheroes do give head, even the ones that aren't very good at it. The union of supervillains would also like it to be known that they also give amazing head, but you have to take supervillain chat with a pinch of salt. Also, to be honest, don't trust the superheroes when they say they're great at head. Nobody that good-looking ever has to be good in bed. They just have to leave the lights on for you to upgrade their score by at least 10%. A mind-blowing head is the most promised, least-delivered thing since the coffee in the phrase, let's get coffee sometime. Everyone promises it, and no one delivers it. But uh, here are a few pictures of your favourite superheroes giving sex tips. Here's Hulk saying, Hulk says Hulk smash with consent. Advice from Superman about relationships, never pretend to be someone you're not. You're just setting yourself up for a hostage situation later down the line. And uh, an assertion just generally from the Batman Corporation that Batman does give head, but you have to pick your Batman. Adam West and his Robin, this is a fact, once got kicked out of an orgy for refusing to break character. Uh, You know they're a laugh in the sack. You know Adam West would just pretend to climb you for fun. Uh, on the other hand, Christian Bale Batman would just shout, where is she, at your vagina in the hope of finding your clitoris. <laughs> so you've got to pick the Batman. I think you can't. <laughs> do, do, have either of you got any uh, sex tips from superheroes before I get onto the fantastic foursome? Um, well, uh, not from superheroes, but, um, but, but actual bats have sex upside down. <laughs> Some of them do anyway. So um, I don't know if I want Batman anywhere near me, to be honest, because if he's taking his sex tips... From bats, the way he's taking everything else from bats, um, it would be uh, a lot of blood to the head, a big rush to the head, not good for you, and um, just not very comfortable, I don't think. So actually, you know, I can leave him. I can leave him. <laughs> the idea that so what happened was the Warner Brothers, or well, Warner Brothers, I guess it was Warner Brothers because they're DC, said to the Harley Quinn cartoon, "No, you can't have Batman." Yes, and Harley Quinn is a really good cartoon, and I heavily endorse it, and it's very good. Yeah, right. FYI, but. The selling toys thing is one, but I actually think it's really out of character for Batman. I do not believe Batman would give head. Batman would only hunt out a clitoris if he thought it had killed his parents. I mean, <laughs> his only interest in a vagina would be in its similarity and lack of similarity to a bat cave. You do not want to let him down there. He'll try and store a supercomputer and half a dozen bat vehicles in there. So I think Batman... Definitely a selfish lover. Not sure he's ever taken the, um, the, the the cowl off. I think he probably has a Bruce Wayne mask he puts on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> it is horrible to me that this is obviously something Warner Brothers has already thought about in detail um, because they were able to come back and be like, no, we've got a folder about this. Here's all the things they can't do. Here's all the sexual positions they'd never do. Here's all the uh, Batman he would never give head. 
He would never text to make sure you got home safe. He would... Because <laughs> already know. He would never offer to buy you a drink if you were sort of hinting that you were broke but too embarrassed to admit it. All that stuff I think is in a folder somewhere. Well, that's all the time we have for our sealed sex section, superhero sex tips section. Now it's time for section four, Space Jeers! Uh, we've got a, this is our, our clean section is space jizz. This is the news that mouse sperm has thrived despite six years of exposure to space radiation and uh, is now currently being fine after, I, I don't know, it's, it's fine, it's fine. It's fine and so maybe it will be fine. We'll, maybe our jizz will be fine. That's what you want from mouse jizz. Yeah, I feel like this is sort of jumping the gun a little bit. It seems like we're, we're looking forward to a future in which you'll be able to get IVF in space for any particular reason. Uh, but John Lucas, have you been following this mouse jizz story? Yeah, I did. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I've, I've got a Google <laughs> alert set up for mouse jizz. So any mouse jizz story pops up immediately for anything else. Yeah, so they put freeze-dried mouse sperm on it, which is the, that's the scientific name for mouse jizz. Um, they put that on the ISS, I think, and then six years down the line found that it could still make perfectly healthy little mouse babies. Yeah. Well, yeah. So they're they're basically hoping this is like good news for yeah. human testicles that have been to space. Uh, that 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 you'll be able to have healthy children as yeah. astronauts. No. But I just feel, feel sad for all the previous astronauts who had to wonder. Well, not just that. I was really excited about all the mutant space babies we were going to have with all those brilliant like telepathy powers and being able to move things using just their minds and be able to fly unaided of wings. And now, no, just going to be normal, boring human babies that happen <laughs> to live on Mars. Great. Thanks a lot, science. I just can't imagine the stress of having been an astronaut and coming back to Earth and, and wondering what kind of mice your balls would jizz after having been into space. That's a very sad, oh, yeah. very sad prospect for all these people. I never really thought about mice having sperm until until now, actually. Uh, I mean, obviously they do because they're mammals, but it just seems um, they're so small anyway. Their sperm must be really tiny, which is very Actually, sweet. no, a mouse sperm is almost as big as a mouse. There's just this skin shell over it with the ears on and the whiskers. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. But I don't understand this obsession we have as a species with, with, going, with living on Mars. I don't know why we want to live on Mars. And nothing about Mars appeals to me. It's, it, it looks terrible. It looks boring. Um, and I don't know why we're so desperate to get there. I guess unless, obviously, we, we set fire to this planet, which looks likely, but... But people get really, like, Elon Musk is very pro living on Mars. And I don't, he can. I'd love him to go and live on Mars. I don't, but I don't really see, it's not got any shops, so I'm probably not going to go. I think people want to live on Mars for the same reason that students want to live out, uh, live out of home. I mean, they go from an objectively way better, more comfortable house to living in a, a shithole for no reason, but they can microwave <laughs> their own horrible food. And that's, that's all anyone ever really wants. Yeah, there's no tax laws on Mars either, so... All the billionaires will. I mean, isn't 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 Jeff Bezos in space right now? Is that? I I, I, th I think he's either there or on his way there. As we speak, he's going he's going with his brother, um, because uh, that's a, a great way to do things. Wait, was his brother the one who bought the <laughs> ticket? No. 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 Okay, because he's there's a ticket. Somebody, some very rich person, anonymously gets to go into space with Jeff Bezos, doesn't it? And one? Jeff Bezos's brother. And Jeff Bezos. I would never go to space with someone and their brother. You know they're just going to be farting and blaming each other. <laughs> yeah. As far as I can tell, the way most brothers bond with each other is yeah. by sort of acts of mild aggression. 
I think it would be funny if we found out that um, mouse sperm works in space, but no one else's did, and then mice reproduced and became like a mutant, <laughs> new powerful species that could rule us in space. But they wouldn't be mutants. That's the whole thing. They'd just be normal mice. I guess mice. they wouldn't know. And as someone who's normal. currently on the east coast of Australia, a lot oh, of normal oh mice god. breeding is not the right oh thing. Oh my god. I saw the news about that. That was insane. Eleanor, I thought you were doing the origin story for the clangers. <laughs> no, but thank you for pointing out a better ending to that joke. Alice, do you know what... Do, do they have the clangers in Australia? No, what are the clangers? Is it not a kind of sweet? Oh, my... Oh, no, it's... No. Um, so that's clinkers. It's a tiny little knitted pink mouse species that lives on the moon in a children's TV show. And I think their noises were made with like penny... They, they were... Yeah. We'll do clanging noises now. Yeah. And there was a soup dragon, or was that Button Moon? No, it was the clangers. No, that was, uh, it was the clangers. British children's television just tells me that there was a lot of people in the 70s on a lot of drugs allowed to make a lot of television. All right, Round the Twist yeah. was made in the 90s, so zip it. <laughs> in Australia. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, now I thought about masters more than I ever wanted to, so I guess it's always nice to, to do new things, isn't it? Welcome to the podcast, Eleanor. I hope it's not a case where they stuck, you know, because they freeze dry all their food as well. So I hope that they didn't, uh, mm. I hope they didn't store it in the same yeah. place because you don't want to pour out your milk and find out it wasn't, it wasn't dehydrated milk. Yeah, I remember as a kid, uh, I got freeze dried astronaut ice cream at the science museum. And now I'm wondering how, how oh, could yeah. they be so sure? <laughs> yeah, you're pregnant with many mouse babies. Scientists, they know everything. Uh, which brings us to the end of today's show. Uh, we are flipping through the ad section at the back here. Hate your kids but don't want to go to prison? Cuddly Bunny Reprogramming Centre. We can turn your kids into someone you actually want to be around. Or if you don't want to be around anyone, we can turn them into, I don't know, a garden ornament or a lamp. I don't know. They're your kid. Eleanor, have you got anything to plug? My Twitter is always there, at Eleanor Morton. But I'm around. I'm on the internet. And if you Google me, stuff will come up. So Excellent. Flipping through more ads, secondhand lawn chairs, and do you love love but wish it was needlessly dark, violent, and in slow motion? Now it is. Coming this summer, Legally Blonde, The Snyder Cut. And John Luke Roberts, have you got anything to plug? I have a podcast currently being released weekly into the world called Sound Heap, which um, you are both in. I'm very proud of it. It's very silly. It's just uh, it's it's a fictional podcast network called Soundy Pink, which makes hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of terrible podcasts, and it's got a cast list which is far too long. Um, or you can go to my website, johnlukeroberts.co.uk, uh, and sign up to my mailing list so I can tell you things because I'm I'm leaving Twitter because it's bad for my uh, it's bad for it's bad for everyone. Oh, that's weird. I I always feel very mentally stable. Really, really. <laughs> I'm pretty ruthless with the block button, so I find Twitter quite good. Uh, speaking of Twitter, a big thank you to some of our Twitter correspondents out there journalisting uh, in the depths of the internet to find us some of our funny stories. Pablo Estevez uh, has sent us the flying car story. Froggy Villius sent us the Joe Rogan story. And Radomio sent us the Mouse Jizz story. So thank you to them. If you are on Twitter, I am at alliterative, A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E, but also on Instagram under the same name. Find me on patreon.com slash Alice Fraser for a one-stop shop of all of my stand-up specials and uh, podcasts and blogs and my weekly Tea with Alice salons, which are always actually a lot of fun. You're listening to The Gargle. The Gargle is an Alice Fraser and Bugle Podcasts production. Your editor today is Ped Hunter and your executive producer 
is Chris Skinner. I'll talk to you next week. You can listen to other programmes from The Bugle, including The Bugle, The Last Post, Tiny Revolutions and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.